At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Number three of the nightcap alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Happy Wednesday morning for those of you on the East Coast. Still strong on Tuesday here as Sean is sweating out some hockey as he is one to do. We've got wild card weekend approaching and no one better to break it all down than our good friend from PFF. He is Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric he is a Chiefs fan, and he has a playoff game in his town this week. You gonna are, are we gonna see Eric Eager in the flesh at a playoff game? You gonna go down to uh, go down to the old Bengals Stadium and cheer on the Bengals, try to get their first win in a playoff game? What in like 30, 30 plus years? Yeah, actually, yeah. So one of uh, my my good friends and colleagues, uh, Austin Gale, is a Raiders fan. Grew up in Oakland, uh, and we do have tickets to a game uh, at Paul Brown. Where uh, and and this is the funny thing: uh, the Raiders have not won a playoff game since Sean King's Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, you know, they they met with uh, Sean King's Tampa Bay Bucks in the Super Bowl. The the a- AFC title game pre- prior to that was the last time they won a playoff game. And uh, the Bengals have not won a playoff game since January of 1991. Ooh. So somebody's streak has got to got to uh, be broken in that game. Man, what I mean, what, why are you gonna do that to the Raiders? Hey man, listen. I mean, the, the, the last <laughs> you started the streak. Yes, we would shut it, man. We would shut it. Messed up. We yeah. did. That was one of the few it's Super Bowls of recent memory that. Wasn't in doubt the Bucks versus the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, we were no. playing with twelve people because Rich Gannon was our twelfth player. <laughs> oh, man, man! I think we had like five interceptions, like three return for touchdowns. Oh, like you, Sean, that's group of five quarterback on group of five quarterback uh, yeah. crime. There, I don't like that. Huh. Gannon was a what a Delaware blue hen. Yeah, and you're a Tulane green uh, blue uh, green wave green wave roll wave. Yeah. And uh, you can't be you can't be messing with him like that. Anyway, Rich is a cool guy. We we can joke. Got, <laughs> having said you're that, jealous of his hair. He's have, got having good said hair. that, I'm of the belief that the best play of Wild Card Weekend is Cincinnati laying what's now five and a half. I just think emotionally, this is a really tough spot for the Raiders. Even though it's the playoffs and 
the casual fan will say, well, what do you mean emotionally? I mean, the energy and the effort that they exerted in that season-ending game versus the Chargers can't be understated. You have a strong opinion yet on, on Bengals Raiders? Well, I grabbed six and a half just because with the Raiders, just because I think, um, you know, I thought the number would go down. Um, you know, there was, uh, I was on a, a fun stream on Sunday night football with uh, Rob Bazola of bet stamp. And, and, you know, we sort of talked through that now at five and a half, Sean, I do, I do agree with you. I think it's, you lay it with the Bengals or, or no one at all. Um, the, the reason being, and we saw this earlier in the year, um, you know, when, the, when the, uh, Ravens, uh, played a, basically a 70 minute game against the Vikings on Sunday, uh, brought it all the way to the end of overtime, one on a kick. Uh, and then had to play the following Thursday against Miami. Uh, they're just you're just gassed that way. And, and the Raiders are already kind of shorthanded. No Henry Ruggs, obviously, but you know a few guys hurt on that team. Uh, you know different head coach, and, and they're on not necessarily quite as short of rest, but they're on short rest playing the first game on Saturday after playing the last game on, on Sunday and playing a full 70 minutes. So I think that's one where you have to question. Okay, what do the Raiders have left in the tank? Um, the Bengals rested everybody on Sunday, rested all the important players for a decent amount of the time Sunday. So they should be you know, quite good there. Uh, but the markets have liked the Raiders. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of people underestimated them. Their win total going in the year was either six and a half juiced to the over or a flat seven. Uh, and, you know, they, they got there in spades this year at 10 and seven. Talking to Eric Eager, our good friend from PFF, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric. Also, Check out his podcast, PFF Forecast, a great listen. Uh, I was uh, listening to it today as I was uh, walking the dog around the neighborhood. Um, you know, I- I'm having a tough time, Eric, with this, uh, with this wild card weekend, uh, and I'm, you know, feeling it out. It's funny because initially my first inclination was San Francisco and taking the points, and now the market's starting to move against it. I'm starting to feel like, you know, this is what I what I always bet against, right? That recency bias. We saw San Francisco look phenomenal, and uh, in the end of the at the end of the Rams game, uh, how do you handicap and look at San Francisco and Dallas? Because once again, initially I was thinking I got to grab the points with San Francisco. Now I'm I'm a bit hesitant because it's, it's feeling like San Francisco is going to be pretty popular come Sunday. Yeah, it, it's really amounts to what Dallas team you're going to get, right? The the Cowboys, you know, in the second half of the season on offense, you know, I think I think the world of Dak Prescott, I think, you know, they have a great offense. But, you know, without Michael Gallup, he's out with an ACL. Um, you know, they haven't really had a great game on offense against a good team in a long time. You know, they, they blew out the Washington football team uh, on Sunday Night Football. But Washington stinks. I mean, we know that, uh, you know, Tim, you and I. Under, baby. Woo! Um, they, they blew out the, the Philadelphia Eagles team on Saturday night, a team that wasn't playing their starters and a team that's not all that great in the first place, didn't win a game all year against a team with a winning record. Right. So besides that, their offense kind of sputtered in a lot of these games, uh, you know, during the second half of the season and they were buoyed by the defense. And the issue with the defense is, you know, like Trayvon Diggs is, you know, 11 interceptions, which is wonderful. He also gave up a thousand yards in coverage, right? So do you really want to have him matched up on Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings, or Brandon Ayuk this week? Uh, Garoppolo is a guy who can throw interceptions. I, To me, I think where you got to play this game, and, and this is kind of weird, this is the, the highest total of the weekend at 50 and a half. Um, this is a 2021 angle on a football game. 
I would, if I like San Francisco here, I don't think the points matter nearly as much as they would in a traditional game with a lower total. I would just take them on the money line at uh, plus 140 or so because I don't think, I think this game has a huge range of outcomes and not that many of them, relatively speaking, are going to be one, two, or three uh, uh, in favor of Dallas. So if you like San Francisco here, just play the money line and and enjoy, and trade the points for the variance. Yeah, right now you can find it at DraftKings as high as plus 150 if you do like San Francisco. We're talking to Eric Eager. Um, going back to Saturday night, rematch, seen these two teams play already twice. It's going to be frigidly cold in Buffalo. Uh, New England has struggled here down the stretch. I have my questions about Mac Jones in a situation like this. I know they figured out a way to win back in early December with the wind and the snow, 14-10, to 10, but... You know, these elements for a rookie quarterback who played in the South and a lot of domed games, you know, uh, in in championships, et cetera, is he prepared for this? Is he ready for this? It's a decent-sized number considering the familiarity with these two teams. Buffalo laying four against New England. And, you know, that question was so good. I know, right? That Eric just... He got nervous because he knows I'm here. He didn't want to criticize Mac Jones. <laughs> Look, so I'm the leader of the Mac Jones pro, fan club. No, we are a pro. You're you're the leader. I'm the vice president. I'm I'm pro Mac Jones. And see, here's where I differ from anyone that has anything negative to say about Mac Jones. I will take a rookie quarterback who's composed and consistent enough to lead us to the playoffs. That started the entire year. Now I've got to get better around him. Just like if you're in Minnesota, you have Kirk Cousins. You know, there's no athletic ability that exists. But Peyton wasn't an athlete. Uh, Tom Brady wasn't an athlete. Neither one of those guys had plus arm talent. You remember the pictures of Brady? Oh, yeah. At at the combine? And he developed his body. So Matt can get bigger, he can get stronger. But for the first time since Belichick really has had this run in New England, he really has to go out and get elite pieces around Mac Jones, in my opinion, for them to consistently be able to throw the ball. Oh, I think long term. Mac Jones is going to be terrific, and, and he couldn't have asked to be in a better spot than New England. I think there's no doubt. And I think, obviously, this year I had a bet on New England to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Was able to cash that, plus nice. 126. Nice. But this is a situation where it's a night game mm-hmm. in a very hostile environment. Look, he's been in hostile environments before. He played in Death Valley. I mean, he played in, in, in these types of spots. He's played in Buffalo before. I, I'm just very curious, and – could he go out and prove me wrong? Of course. And I haven't bet this game, but I do feel like, Sean, the elements for a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game on the road in sub-zero temp- temperature, uh, essentially, it certainly makes makes me a little bit worried and why this number is what it is. I don't have a good feel yet. Again, I, I, there's another angle that, that I want you to think about over the next couple of days, and by the time we get to Friday, we'll have to have an opinion on this game. It's Belichick's third time this season seeing Josh Allen. Yep. I mean, I'm not uh, – hear me out. It should have a great feel I'm not, for – I'm not comparing Sean McDermott to Belichick. Sean McDermott's a good coach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, And I'm just saying because Josh is such a unique talent, his ability to improvise – Again, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards and rush for over 700. So, I mean, he's a unicorn from an ability standpoint. And the playmakers that Buffalo but have. But Belichick's a defensive genius. He is. He's a defensive genius, but he's also got 
a rookie quarterback on the road. Well, they won the last time they went here. It didn't throw, but that is I true. think maybe one pass. Uh, they threw three passes. Yeah. That ain't happening again. You think Buffalo's going to allow that to happen again? Well, it sounds like... I don't think they allowed it to happen the first time. I think it was done to them. Well, and then they went into Foxborough and won 33-21. to 21. They did. That's so. what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm trying to calculate, okay, Belichick, third time seeing Josh Allen, McDermott, really only the second time seeing Mac Jones. He didn't see him in the initial day. <laughs> He was, he was, uh, he was, he was there, but he didn't really do anything. Oh man, I am, I am all of my mind is all over the place with these games. I want to play them, but what we're talking about, that's why we're here. So we have this show to talk them out. It's the nightcap here on Beast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting. From the local perspective, there are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. It is the nightcap here on VSIN. One game that we haven't really hit on, Sean, is a game involving your former team, and that would, of course, be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay right now. An eight-and-a-half-point favorite in most spots. Here at Circa, is actually down to eight. Um, and I can tell you one thing. In addition to, I think, people laying this number, the fact that it is at eight-and-a-half, it is now available to be put into teasers. Now, there aren't clear options who that dance partner would be with if you go traditional teaser route. Through seven, through three. Right. That Tampa Bay is really the only option out there. If San Francisco were to drop down to two and a half, which the market is indicating won't happen, uh, they would be that team that you could bump up. But I go back and forth on this one. Um, you know, Eagles were dealing with COVID. They rested Jalen Hurts in the season finale. They got blown out. 
Tampa Bay has been all sorts of banged up, but they should be getting some pieces back. JPP, Leonard Fournette should be back. I mean, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, that's a thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shaq Barrett, uh, he is expected to be back as well for Tampa Bay. They have some quarterback who's decent, I've heard. Um, How do you look at this game involving your former team? I think Tampa wins comfortably. Yeah? Yeah, I just think... And these kind of situations, experience matters. And you're dealing with uh, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. playing their first ever playoff game versus... They only beat... Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. They only beat Taylor Heineke playing his, what, second career game, third career game last year? Yeah, by eight? that sideline was a lot more experienced. And I just think you're... Plus, you know, Sirianni's an analytics guy. So, I mean, he's capable of going for it on their own 18, you know, on fourth and two in the third quarter. So, you have to, you know, add that into it. I just think this is a tough spot. I think the things that Tampa does well, defend the run, rush the quarterback, JPP will be back. I think Levante David, we don't know yet. But they're relatively healthy on defense now. And I just think Philly's going to find it tough. Carlton Davis is back, so you have someone to match up with Devonta Smith. Just, I don't know. A Tampa's supposed to win this game by double digits. They are, but the market's telling you that they're not. And the market has moved in Philly's direction, which is fascinating to me because I feel like this is going to be, if I had to guess right now, this will be the most lopsided ticket count of the weekend. I think everybody is going to look at Tampa Bay and say they're going to run away with this. They should. They're Tampa Bay. They're the defending champs. Philadelphia, if you look at who they've beaten, I believe they're nine and zero against teams with under five hundred records, and zero and eight against yeah, teams. Tampa's with slightly above five hundred. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying Philadelphia is winning this game, but I could see Philadelphia keeping this thing close, similar to what we saw from Washington last year. Ultimately, lost by eight. I I, I think this number. This is to me. This is an interesting number because once again. And now I know there is no clear-cut option to pair it with, but, you know, sports odds makers, you know, have numbers there for a reason, and the fact that it is so teasable for a home team, knowing that's the clearest option to pair uh, someone with, kind of raises a bit of a red flag. So I probably won't touch the game. I just... I, I, I like Philadelphia a little bit. Obviously, I need to see how the week transpires. Are, do they have everyone back? You know, So I could end up in a situation where I was in during the regular season when Tampa went to Philly, and the spread was six and a half, seven, depending on when you got the number. And Tampa's dominating the game 28 to 14. Mm-hmm. Philly scores, so you still should be safe by half a point. They go for two. And Sirianni goes for two. <laughs> And then Tampa decides to kneel the ball inside the five-yard line. That's right. You, so you, you see what I'm saying? So this game could play out similarly, so I probably won't touch it. Because Tampa was definitely the right side in that regular season game at Philly, but they ended up not covering. So I can see that kind of scenario being in place. So I'm probably just going to watch as a former player and super fan uh, of the Bucks and just root for them to win. Because I, I don't want them to win by touchdown, and, and I'd be ticked off. Right. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, look, we always talk about betting on your own teams, and, and you played for this organization. I will say this. If, if I had to bet the game, I still would take Tampa. 
I just think their experience comes into play here. I just I keep home crowd. One game we haven't talked about yet is Pittsburgh, Kansas City. What's there to talk about? I mean, it, it's not. It's twelve and a half. In, for, for a reason. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah. Big Ben stinks. They're surprised to be in the playoffs. They needed, you know, a lot to happen. Credit them. They beat the Ravens. Uh, they beat the Browns to close out, you know, Heinz Field. I don't really have much interest in laying 12 and a half in a playoff game with a Hall of Famer on one side, but that Hall of Famer is, you know, based, you know, we just talked to Eric Eager. But based off the PFF numbers, he's the worst quarterback in the playoffs, like by a long stretch. Kansas City obliterated this Steelers team, you know, a couple weeks ago. I just, I don't want to touch it because I want to lay it, but I, I just, I want to stay away because it, it, it seems like it's a trap, you know? Yeah, it's a trap. Kansas City's going to be up 21-0, middle of the second quarter, and you're going to be like, why didn't I take this free money? <laughs> well, I'm just, Pittsburgh on the road. I mean, they got to prove it to me. I mean, just. I mean, what's going to be different this time around? I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, let's let's be fair, though. What just happened in Week 18? Kansas City went into Week 18 Mm -hmm. knowing that if they win this game, they put the pressure on Tennessee to have to win on Sunday. And you can make an argument that Kansas City should have lost to Denver on Saturday afternoon. I mean, they had some fortunate breaks go their way. They did. And. By the way, I'm going to get holes in this Pittsburgh game. What do you need? I need over five and a half goals, and they're still sitting at four, and they've had like five point-blank shots that have either ricocheted off of one of the goalies' pads or the, the pipe. I need it to get to three to two so I can pray for an empty net goal by the Penguins. Not asking for much. So just an over. It's just Tuesday. We're not. You know, we haven't really outside of Cincinnati. Who you like? Is there a dog on the board that interests you? So you like Cincinnati laying the points? Yeah, the Patriots. That interests me. I don't know if I'm gonna play it, but it interests me. I get Bel I get Belichick third time he's seen this offense this year. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't love the fact that Matt, you know, played a terrible first half against the Dolphins, but he actually played pretty darn good in the second half and almost brought him back. I look at his numbers, I mean he was he was awful in the last game he played against this Bills defense. Oh, yeah. In, in Foxborough? Yeah. Awful. Which makes me think. So he has done diddly and squat against the Bills this year. Right. He didn't do anything. They ran the ball and got that win uh, back in early December. And then he was, I mean, his worst game, I don't know. I mean, he had the Colts game on that Saturday, in which I had the Colts, and he was awful. Right. Especially, well, awful for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he actually played well. Right. He followed it up by horrendous performance. He played well against the Jags. Dolphins game was a mixed bag. You know, what What do we make of Mac Jones right now? These last five games, Sean, he's 
He's been more bad than good. And why is why do we think all of a sudden he's going to turn it around on the road in four degrees temperature in his first career playoff game? We don't. Yeah. I mean, if we did, they'd be favored. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, that, you know, the Bills hadn't really lit it up. I mean, if, I you, know. if you watch that Jets game, I mean, they didn't just dominate the Jets. I mean, in yardage, I think they had like 300 and something yards to like the Jets 80 yards oh, at one were, point, but it was still a one-possession game on the scoreboard. They were flirting with fire and right. pulling away with the Jets. So it's so. not like they've been the like most consistent team and trustworthy team this year. I would say this, though. After that loss to the Patriots, they've, they've really turned things around. They had so many high expectations. I thought they were a massive disappointment early on in the year. They got blown out at home by the Colts. But, you know, since that Patriots game, they lost in overtime to the Bucks, beat the Panthers, crushed the Patriots. Am I going to end up laying points against Bill Belichick? That doesn't I'm seem not. like fun. You might. Talk some college hoops with Jim Root next. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VSIN, and sometimes you just have a crazy night and you need someone to break it down for you. And fortunately, we've got just the guy, and that is our guy Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Three man weave. Check those fine gentlemen out. And look at this. He has flipped his Missouri flag right side up because those Missouri Tigers. They beat the Alabama Crimson Tide over the weekend. So a happy Mizzou alum. I I got so much to get to in so little time, Jim. Let's start with the Alabama-Auburn game. A phenomenal game. Alabama, keep shooting threes. It's really working out well for you. But I want to start with the team that won. Auburn goes in. They're now 14-1. and Last week on this show, Jim, you said Auburn was worth a flyer at a future. That team is long. They're athletic. They can shoot a little bit. Um, how how real is Auburn now that they're fourteen and one, and you know went into a hostile environment and took care of business tonight? Yeah. Well, first of all, maybe I shouldn't be giving Mizzou any credit for beating Alabama because everyone's doing it in every sport now. Yeah, Apparently, that's, that's just you know it's the easy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tide fans. Uh, but you know Auburn. Yeah, I I, I said I thought they were legit before. I going back a couple of weeks on our on our uh, field of 68 show. I, I said take them to win the SEC at nine to one. I thought that was a ludicrous price for a team that could very well be the best team in that league. And now I'm I'm pretty sold that Auburn is a top five team in the country. The pieces have come together a little quicker than I expected. And the the way that Bruce Pearl's gotten the the transfer import guards to work with the phenom freshmen and some of the returning wings that they had. I mean, it's it's all it's all working for them. Like you said, the length defensively is just staggering. I think they lead the country in block shots by a fairly wide margin, thanks to Kessler and Cardwell inside. So it's tough to score on them, and they've got a number one pick on the perimeter, knocking down shots from the front court. It's there's a lot going right for Auburn, and and I think they're still not even close to their ceiling yet. So we saw USC lose today, their first loss of the season. Baylor also lost. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I'm looking down at BetMGM right now. And, uh, you know, obviously various odds are going to go around there. USC is 50-1. to Auburn is 30-1, to Jim. 
Those both teams are currently in the top five right now. Which is a better play? Who do you think has a higher ceiling and the realistic chance to win a national championship? I'm all Auburn there. I think USC is solid, but they do some things decision-making and shot selection-wise that drive me up a wall. And today they have problems making free throws. They're a terrible free throw shooting team. So that problem's not going anywhere. Uh, meanwhile, Auburn has a little more juice in the backcourt. I trust that that backcourt, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson can be erratic because they're young, but they're confident. We, we saw that tonight at Coleman uh, against Alabama, but it, they, they just have a little bit more upside to me, intrigue with the, the young rising prospects, more playmaking in the backcourt. Uh, Frontcourts are both excellent on both those teams, but I'll take Bruce Pearl in the, the Auburn backcourt over Andy Enfield and the, the Trojans. Talking to our good friend Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Texas Tech, they lose Chris Beard. We think, okay, the run was fun, Texas Tech, but you out of sight, out of mind. Now they've beaten Kansas and Baylor in back-to-back games, handing Baylor their first loss of the season tonight. This Texas Tech team... Is this a legitimate deep threat, deep run into the tournament type of squad? It's hard to say no right now. I don't know how you have a better week than what they just did. Uh, defensively, they're absolutely elite. Uh, they're up to top five at Ken Palm. I think they're top five at Bart Torvik as well. They give up nothing in the paint. Uh, there, there's an ESPN guy that tweeted about the, the fact that they gave up like 64 paint points in six games combined. It's like barely 10 a game. You have to hit jump shots against them. They harass you. They force turnovers. Every guy on their team is long and strong. Like he, he is a versatile, switchable defender all up and down the lineup. And Mark Adams, the defensive coordinator under Beard, has clearly weaponized that. So the defense is there. I think the offense is going to come and go on nights, and maybe that'll help when they get uh, Taron Shannon back from his back spasms. But the upside is there. The defense is going to keep the floor high. I think the Red Raiders are legit, probably the third best team in the Big 12. Sorry, Texas. You know, Jim, in football, it's power five, non-power five. In basketball, it's the mid-major. Who's the mid-major right now that has your attention that you think is capable of making the most noise come tourney time? I'm going to go VCU. I've been beating the drum for the Rams a little bit recently. Uh, I think they've kind of emerged as as the best team in the A-10. They've already won at Dayton. A couple uh, blowout wins the last two games. Big-time covers for the Rams. Ever since they got Ace Baldwin back, the point guard from an Achilles injury, He's raised the ceiling of the offense. You know, before he was back, there's a like, great defense, top five defense in the country probably, but there's just no verve to their offense. There's no creation. And Baldwin changes that. He's a lightning bolt. He gets everywhere on the court. He's adding a jumper, which is something he didn't have last year as a freshman. So adding him to the mix of excellent defensive players that they've had, I think VCU's got some, some nice upside. We've seen that team make runs before. Uh, they're well coached and the defense will carry him. Talking once again to Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Before we pivot to tomorrow, um, Miami, Florida State tonight came down to the wire. Florida State ends up edging out uh, the Canes by one. Miami over the weekend going into Cameron, beating Duke. Um, you know, the ACC has certainly taken their their jabs, and I think rightfully so, because outside of Duke, who is good, you know, what we saw tonight, what you saw tonight, Florida State and Miami, are these two tournament teams? I think Miami definitely is. I was so impressed with them backing up that Duke effort to to basically almost win that game. It was a like you said, right down to the wire. It could have been six and zero in the ACC with like two of the hardest possible games out of the way. The road Tallahassee, road Cameron out of the, out of the way. So I'm mega impressed with them. I, Florida State, 
I'm less into this year, especially today. That's a great spot for them, and they weren't really able to seize control. Uh, just not a team that's really jumped out when I watch them eye test-wise. They don't have the same NBA talent lottery picks that they've had in the past. They still play great defense, but uh, the offense isn't really there for them, and it's it's not quite what we've seen in the past with Florida State. Jim, looking ahead to tomorrow, uh, a game that uh, intrigues me, Xavier. Uh, they've got they've got some really uh, solid pieces there. You know, we bet against them on on Friday against Butler. That did not work out well for us. Uh, Villanova is a team that I loved preseason. Had my questions now, and, and this is one of those spots. As as you would know, I'm probably looking to back Xavier here as a short home uh, short home dog. It's one one and a half. Is this a spot to uh, to back a a short home dog? Is this a little fishy of a line? Yeah, it's fishy, and honestly, Tim, I would bet that this will flip. I bet we end up seeing Xavier as a favorite tomorrow. So if you want to get it in, I think now's the time to do it. Uh, Xavier's just been incredible at home, like an absolute juggernaut at Cintas. Everybody that's gone in there has gotten demolished, and demolished early. Like, they get up double digits on everybody. Now, Villanova's a different team, but Xavier was up like seven at halftime at Villanova, and then they went ice cold. Villanova executed better late down the stretch. But this isn't like a different class matchup at all. Xavier's right up there with them. They've they've fit in some good pieces that they brought in as well. A couple of guys from the Big Ten with Nunji from Iowa and Hunter from Indiana. I, I think the Xavier team's really legit, and I especially respect them playing at Cintas. I, I think that's a, a really good spot for the Muskies. Yeah, this is uh, – I need to get back on my, my winning ways with these these home teams. I had a good stretch last <laughs> week. Did. We you had did. Marquette. Yeah. We had Notre Dame. Yeah. Butler on Friday. Gross. Maryland on Sunday, almost got there, and then Alabama tonight. So I, I need this one. Uh, so, Jim, J- you are, real quickly, before we jump to one more game, you are endorsing Xavier here tonight on the nightcap. Yep, I'll, I'll endorse Xavier. You know, I, I don't feel great fading Nova, but I'll, I'll do it. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to a game. Uh, my, my producer, Aaron Oster, uh, has has brought this up about 15 times today. Utah State, Colorado State. Utah State, Colorado State. Okay, Aaron, we get it. We get it. Um, we've got uh, we got Colorado State who just got absolutely hammered over the weekend. Uh, is this a bounce back spot for the Rams laying five or five and a half against Utah State tomorrow night? Yeah, I think so, and I think the market's onto it. They've they've been bet up a little bit already. I kind of imagine that's the way it's going to go. Utah State's dealing with some issues themselves. Their, their sharpshooter, Brock Miller, missed last game. I think he's got back issues, didn't even travel. And then their point guard, Rylan Jones, got banged up at the end of the, the overtime at New Mexico. So definitely some alarm bells for Utah State, though they are very well coached. And on the other hand, yeah, Colorado State ran into a buzzsaw at the Aztecs. They've struggled at Viejas like, consistently year after year. So I'm not entirely writing it off, but I am, you know, I'm understanding of that poor effort. I think back home at elevation against the Utah State team, that they can uh, bully a little bit inside, outside of Justin Bean. It's a better matchup for them here for the Rams. At Second Chance Points on Twitter, he has been a very, very busy man. man. His head's on a swivel tonight. I think he got whiplash from all the games. I was texting him, yelling about Alabama. He's like, dude, I'm watching so many games, I don't even know what's going on. So we appreciate the insight. By the way, 30 to 1 on Auburn. That's the highest price I could find. 10 seconds. Is this value been sucked dry of Auburn? Or would you take it at 30 to 1? No, I think it's worth it at 30 to 1. I think it's a top five team. You're getting above 20 to 1 in a top five team. Yeah, that's that's a good value. There you go. Jim Root, 
You're the man. Appreciate it. Get some rest at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Look at that. We Nice and neat. We get them out of here in one segment. We'll wrap things up on the other side. It is the Nightcap. You're on Jesus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. VSEN, we've got a great offer for you folks to help you make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special. Provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoop betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. You don't want to miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Head over to VEASAN.com slash big deal. Sign up today. Alongside Sean King, I'm Tim Murray. Sean, let us know what happens. Three leg parlay, four leg parlay. The fourth leg doesn't come home. This is a total. Got a little unlucky there. Tell the people what happened. I had over and a, uh, over five and a half, and it ended on five. Actually. The Ducks pulled their goalie with about three minutes left. Pittsburgh immediately made it 4-1, and they didn't pull him. You were feeling good? Yeah, I thought they were going to pull him again, which would have been the right thing to do if you're trying to actually win the game. But I guess if the coach of the, of the Ducks had the under, it, it made sense not to pull the goalie twice. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, I just wish someone would have told me. So that was a, what, a four-leg parlay? Yeah. Three out of four legs? Yeah, this time. Pucks for Domus this week. Been, been off a little bit. Okay. Or if you just play those three games, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But then it's not Puckstradamus. Then that's like. I don't know. It's three and one sounds a lot better than 0 and one. Uh, the Golden Knights, it looks like they just lost in a shootout. You had the light, uh, Leafs, right? Yep. Straight bet. There you go. See? Two straight bets, baby. So my straight bet was four times more than my there you go. parlay bet. So we're up. Let Puckstradamus do what he do. Then King will do what you're supposed to do. 
Puxodamus is like a, a movement. You are. Don't get in the way of the movement. I, you're out of control. I, I don't know. Celebrate my losses and whisper my accomplishments. That's what I'm dealing with. Got a co-host that gets backwards. Oh, I got, I got, I got a guy coming in trying to immediately just put this negativity out there. You know, you. Well, I, I just don't know what you want from me. Like I was rooting for Aaron, and then it didn't happen, and I became a mush. You didn't root for Aaron. So then you I was told, like, you you told him that, that his bet was in was good. That's not rooting for him. It's not saying, hey, let's so go. So if Aaron. I would have said, I hope that he doesn't. Yes. But that's what you were saying, and then like Wilbo was like. Both of us were kind of mushing it because you were like, watch he make this. And I was like, no chance he makes it. No, you said So he, what's the difference good. between you, you are saying? So, by the way. No, I'm learning because. You, you are. You're so. You, you've been in this field a lot longer than me. So, like, I look at you like as a beacon of, like, expertise. <laughs> so, like. Sure you do. What's the difference between you saying, watch he make this three. Because you had me, already. No. I didn't put that out there until you initially go, you're good, and I just look at you recognizing the situation and how many times we have all been in there as a better. See, I looked at you it, had as, put it out I, there. I, I looked at it as, as I was being supportive. No, you were not. You were being a mush. That's okay. You're learning. So then I come in today. I do the polar opposite. Okay, he has Alabama. Hey, come on, let's go Auburn. And now I'm a hater. Oh, you, you're definitely a hater. I mean, that's just because it's me. So is there a middle ground in this thing? Like where I can be in the middle and not be called a name? You can be supportive of so your if I co-host said, bets and say, I hope that Alabama covers this game, not outwardly raising the roof when we come back from breaks when Auburn is doing something positive. So, okay, so the proper way would have been, I hope your bet wins. Yes. But what if I'd have been like, this is a no-brainer. You're completely on the right side. Stinky line. Alabama's got this. So the is that mushing? No, okay. because you mush the situation by saying in a 51-47 or 51-44 situation when the spread was four and a half mm-hmm. that the game was over. That's the exact situation that led to the mush. That's why you mushed him. It wasn't pregame saying, Aaron, you're good. They've got... COVID situations with Texas Tech, that's a slight mush, but the the situation that presented itself, which was, hey, you're good. Iowa State's going to make these free throws. Game is over. It wasn't. Okay. So, I, I got to evaluate do I like being the mush. I might like that role a little bit. <laughs> um, Just I, walk up to random people in the circuit sports book. Hey, who are you rooting for? <laughs> you got this, dog. Game over. <laughs> you might get some... Might get some knuckles <laughs> to the face. La, 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 la. By the way, uh, I, I gotta give. I got the police on the, speed uh, now. The bowl season is complete, and the college football season, of course, is complete with Georgia beating Alabama last night. And our director Nick, gotta give him props. Twenty-one and fourteen, he is the victor. This pains me. And you know what also should pain you is. You're not alone in second place, my friend. This guy tied you last night. 20 and 15, 20 and 15. But that's how it should be. I mean, we're the experts. We host the show, so we should finish, (laughs) you know, the upper 5%. I mean, you got one little guy that, you know, went and bought a scratch-off ticket. And and he had the right numbers. Whoa, whoa. I'm not saying that, Nick. 
You're the man. No, no, I'm not giving Nick, Nick any breaks. Nick started out. Nick gives me a lot of seven. grief. You bring it on yourself. No, he gives sir. me a lot of grief. Yeah. As I tell Nick, I'll tell our, our, I'm just our a news director, anchor. Our director, Nick, you are the opposite of a news anchor. <laughs> the, our director, Nick, is a Patriots fan. And this guy has a futures ticket on the Patriots and yet just is always hating on the Patriots. I just report the news. Just like I come in and say Mac Jones looked great to Nick and he all gets red in the cheeks and, you know, goes to smiling. You know, when he throws picks, I say, hey, man, Mac Jones colorblind. He can't see. The next time will be the first time I ever see a news producer drop a guarantee or start barking like a dog. Or I have a Patriot sixteen to one to win the. AFC I know, ticket. and it's surprising you're such a hater to our to Nick. So, uh, but credit, I'm not telling Nick congratulations. To him, got out to a he might have hot. like some alternate source of information. No, he just was a baller. Yeah, he might. He also made it further in Survivor than you did. He did, yeah. and he kept it secret. I really wonder if Nick got to the end, was he going to let us know? I just think Nick was going to stop showing up. <laughs> well, do you want? If he won $1.5 million like three guys did over the weekend. I I, I wouldn't blame him. But I don't know. I, I will figure so out. So who's going to defend so, his uh, college bowl season victory <laughs> next year? Maybe he showed up. By the way, I see you're a hater. I will. I got to think of something for Nick that he that he should win. I mean, you win a contest like this, you should win something. You know, Let's so, see how the Patriots do first. No, no, no. Yeah, nah, this was, we got a little this was an eight-person competition, and he won. He deserves something. He got lucky. Yeah. With all the COVID opt-outs and postponements. You are such a hater. So it, it's really what unf- happened when you threw an interception? What, would you ever accept a responsibility? We'd be like, no, no, no. First of all, fell, we or, ever know me to throw interceptions. So, so first of all, don't, don't lead the public. John King. Do you want me to look up your stats? Nope. Okay. You sure? Please don't. Okay. I didn't throw any interceptions. Didn't I threw you? more touchdowns than picks. So. You th- you Barely. That fact. You did. <laughs> you threw 27 touchdowns and 24 interceptions yes. in your career. And I quit before I could <laughs> get on the wrong side of that number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh, I'm good here. Uh, so anyway, we're not giving Nick anything. I'm giving him something. I'm no, not giving Nick nothing. You don't speak for the two of us. No. I'm, I'm, we're going to wait and see what the Patriots do in the playoffs. Why does that matter? Because. He, he's not picking playoff games He's around here NFL. peacocking all the time, hair bouncing, you know, talking about New England this, New England that. We yeah. got to see what they do in the playoffs first. Oh, and hold our director accountable. No. Uh, he deserves. He's the winner of our competition. Not in my book. And, uh, well. He ain't won nothing yet. No, he one, if we get to the window with the Patriots, then I'll reassess the situation. Hater. This guy, absolute hater. I, I'm just getting I'm getting tired of your shtick, Mr. King. I mean, you're, you know, you're not nice to the people behind the scenes. Are you serious? You, you throw things at them. You should see in pre-production all the meanings. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, all right. Don't put that out there. No, people no, believe I'm, that. I'm just kidding on that one. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap things up. We'll, we'll obviously have much more on Wild Card Weekend. More thoughts. Um, interesting to hear the two plays that Mr. Root really likes tomorrow. He likes Xavier to beat Villanova. That's an earlier game, 6:30 Eastern, 3:30 Pacific, and then late night the Aaron Oster special, the game that. Uh, is Aaron Oster's game of the year. Colorado State, Utah State, 
He likes the Rams getting their revenge against Utah. Did he State. say he liked Miami plus the points? No, they played tonight. Oh, they played tonight. Yeah, okay. yeah. Miami, Miami played tonight, and uh, it was okay. a close game. So uh, those are the two games that Jim Root liked. Scott Seidenberg is up next for the hater, Sean King. Nick, you're a true champion. I'm Tim Murray. It has been the Nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.